This is the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. What you are about to hear is an excerpt from a series titled Tell Me Who Is Speaking. Be sure to listen to the instructions and descriptions in the introduction episode, as this gives essential context for what is being said here. I'm aware that there are these strings with what I am saying. There are these certain places that I can't go or can go or something that is directing. Okay, so there's something directing this voice. That's an answer to the question. Who is speaking? Someone who has a sense of direction, which they are unaware of. It's almost like a river that is being directed See that, see, that doesn't really work. I don't know if analogies are going to really work at all. We might have to do away with all analogies. Analogy speaking is, well, it's a tool, but it doesn't really help. I don't feel it's helping at all. And there's something that, re- that reacts to that. There's something that is, oh, an analogy. It's sort of off-putting. But to backtrack again... There's something directing this voice. There's something that this voice is trying to work around. There's something this voice is trying to show or there's a, there's a purpose behind it. Yeah, that's, that's one thing we could say. It's, there's a purpose behind these words. There's an intention. That's a good word for it. There's an intention behind these words. And the follow-up question is, well, what's your intention? What are you intending to do? How many different intentions can you have? Tell me who is speaking. Well, the person that is speaking has an intention. The voice that you can hear exists for a reason. There's an incredible importance to this voice. Whether you can believe it or not, there's actually something quite profound and quite meaningful coming from this voice. Or at least that's the, that's the urge. That's the desire. That's the determination. That's the grit. That's the, that's the fire of this voice. That's the heat that is brought from this voice. There's a ruthless kind of urge to dig deep into things. And it's not just any things, but it's the things that are most important. It's the things that are of most significance. This voice is trying to reveal the very deepest and most important aspects of life. 
And this voice is restricted. This voice is restricted in so many ways. This voice is like, <laughs> to, to fall back on an analogy, it's like a caged lion or a bull out of the gate. And there must come a moment where this voice is set free. And it might be incremental. It might not be a sudden bursting moment. But this voice, along with... When I say this voice, I mean every voice. When I say one thing, I mean all things. Because all things are one. That's exactly what we're working on here. That's exactly what we're trying to realize. Because I can say that. Well, anyone can say that. All things are one. But that doesn't really resonate. It's almost like, what is the point of saying that? What do you mean by that? Who said that? What is happening when you say that? And those sorts of inquiries get more towards immediacy. They get something closer to what is actually happening and what is actually going on. And there's also this assumption, which I'm realizing now, that the immediate is the most interesting thing. It's the most exciting thing. And maybe this is what I was trying to say before about boredom. I don't know, I don't know how we're going to fit boredom together with this process. I don't know how we're going to fit the uninteresting because that is, an, that is a component of this. Intensity fluctuates. Intensity goes up and down all the time. There are all sorts of colors and changes and ups and downs. And really, we're a bit of a... To, to, to really enter into the, the present moment, it's, it's almost like a drug because you start to see how much everything is changing and there's this magic all around. But the other side of it is the boredom. The other side is the simplicity, the mundane. And the trick, I believe, is to really confront that head on. So what if we were to inquire into the mundane? What is the most boring thing? Can we induce boredom on ourselves by our own... How do I say it? I've lost the words. How do we induce... How do we make it... Here we go. How do we voluntarily do it ourselves? Can we voluntarily make ourselves bored? Can we voluntarily become uninterested? Or maybe there's too many options for that. Maybe we do that all the time. And the trick is just to notice that we're doing it. Because what we, what we want is not really... It's not like we really want excitement or boredom, or either of the two. It's really, we want some, some third thing. We want some third experience. We want something that is having both of those. We want the thing that is aware of both of those conditions. And we could call that awareness itself. We have to use certain words like that. And there's so much that is stopping me from saying certain things. 
And I only get a I only ever get a whisper of one of those things at a time. It's only ever small. It's only ever just a little thing. And the follow-up question is, well, how would you put a word to it? How would you explain one of those things? What would you how would you explain what is stopping you? Have you ever really tried to explain what's stopping you? Have you ever really tried to explain what's constricting your voice? And in every sense, or in some senses, I should say, everything is a defense. Everything is poised to just keep things how they are. There's an immense amount of work going into keeping things stable. And the voice in your head is really just the devil trying to argue to you how everything is simple and everything is understood and everything is completely fine and understandable and simple as it is. And it might be that there's a great horror in finding out that no one knows what's going on. And maybe that's the most honest answer I can come up with. Tell me who is speaking. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know why I'm speaking. I don't even know where these words are coming from. But I do know that there's something in me that is saying, or at least propelling me, to keep talking. Forcing myself to keep talking. Now, is there a correlation between that and forcing yourself to keep thinking? What happens if you stop thinking? Because if we see that, well, there's something that wants to keep talking, there's something telling me to keep talking, well, on the one hand, that's part of the technique. That's part of what we're working on because we're putting words to the fluffy. We're, putting wor- we're making tangible the intangible. But there's also this thing of the mechanism of defense or the mechanism that's trying to hold things in place which actually want to be unstable. Things actually want to be open. Things want to be free. Things want to be changing moment to moment. And there's no need to backtrack. There's no need to worry about coherency. There's no need to worry about where the next words are going to be coming from. And we can actually say, well, now it's apparent to me that there's a sense of quality. There's a sense of quality to the words. And the restrictions are actually in the expectations of the quality of the words, at least not in a complete sense. So how would I say that in another way? Part of the thing that is restricting this voice is the sense that it needs to be of a certain quality. It needs to be of a certain kind. It needs to say certain things. Because if 
A voice is to be free, truly, then it needs to be able to say anything. And what do you say when you can say anything? What do you say when you have no restrictions on your voice? How does it feel? How does it feel to find something to say when there are no restrictions on your voice? And normally what we're contending with is a whole bunch of unconscious, unseen parameters and strings attached and influences and things that really guide this voice through a very narrow set of tiny and and really that's maybe that's why talking is so I mean I mean why is talking so unattractive <laughs> is it I don't know why is talking so much frowned upon and I don't mean see I don't mean it as a I mean talking isn't frowned upon not in the sense of the way we normally talk about things being frowned upon. What I'm trying to get at. What's the point? What's the thing that I'm trying to get at? Tell me who is speaking. A voice is speaking. A person is speaking. What is a person? 